0: Welcome one and all to another episode of the, the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind podcast. Nerd podcast. My name's Aimrod TJ Sutherland. Dan Collarcott. With new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind podcast at
1: ForeverinelectricDreams.com. <laughs> yeah.
0: Welcome friends, you're tuned in to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind podcast. Thank you very much for your time and your company today. Uh, my name is Imran, we have an excellent show. I'm super excited to kind of delve into this one. Before we do, however, a uh, quick reminder that we uh, release new episodes uh, on the first and third Mondays of every month. You can visit us at foreverinelectricdreams.com where you can find uh, this episode, now complete backlist, Of close encounters uh, podcasts, as well as uh, mixes and offshoot podcasts and articles, etc., etc. So we'd love you to uh, check us out, say hi, and um, let's be best friends from there. So uh, (laughs) I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah, easy tiger. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) the run of disastrous intros continues. Uh, (laughs) uh, As you can hear, I'm not alone. I'm joined by T.J. Sutherland. Uh, How are you today,
1: sir? I'm pretty damn good. Yeah, not it's too bad at all. Damn good. That's pretty. That's yeah, enthusiastic. Yeah, no, yeah, it's been a it's been a spank of the weekend, so uh, I don't have to go into work tomorrow. So that is always a good, surefire way to raise the spirits.
0: And when you say go into work, you mean oh, across the hall? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> go, go,
1: go from my bedroom, <laughs> door down to
0: my uh, to my office slash spare room. <laughs> um, this is uh, from from all that I, I realized this just a few minutes before. Uh, we started talking, I, uh, uh, in all the many, many years that you and I have been podcasting together through Liberation Frequency, through Top Marks, through Close Encounters, um, this is the first time we've done it, just the two of us. The two-man all, booth, yeah. This is the first time you and I have rocked a two-man booth. There's always been a third yeah. or fourth. So, yeah. um, so, so this, I'm
1: expecting this... pure pure dead air and uh, <laughs> and car crash podcasting That's right. uh, in shoes.
0: <laughs> everyone always said that we were the good-looking ones from the group, but now yeah. it's time to see if we're the interesting ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, that could I... be a struggle. Or, either that or it's going to be the shortest podcast ever. It's going to be like five minutes, got nothing else to say. <laughs> all right, bye, everyone. See you. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, yeah, sadly, uh sadly our compadre um Dan can't yeah. make it to this one. So shout out to you, Dan. Uh, sending lots of love you, the
0: Dan's yeah. way and very much hope he'll be back on with us uh, uh for our next episode. Uh we would like to shout out Dennis, uh uh Dennis Jose Francois, a great friend of the show who was this close to jumping in on up with us today, uh, but our evil work uh got in the way. So uh shout out to Dennis uh, as well as obviously and Dan. Um, yeah. so hopefully we'll be sharing airtime with you guys very, very soon. Uh, the episode today, however, the one I mentioned being very excited about sees us continue uh, on our run of Disney plus shows. And I feel like this is becoming a tradition with Mandalorian. <laughs> Disney plus podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's incredible though, isn't it? Cause this is like their third high profile show that they've kind of put out and we always feel compelled to discuss it. It is a, an incredible achievement. Um, yeah. In terms of... The uh, second you
1: know. second high-profile show, yeah. WandaVision and... Oh, well,
0: I meant, well, well, we've done The Mandalorian as well, so Disney+. Plus. I was oh, sorry, saying, yes. I yeah, yes, yeah. oh, sorry. You're right. Sorry, the, the second MCU. Marvel yes. one. Yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. I feel like this is, yeah, even the MCU one, I feel like is is absolutely going to start to become a tradition, yeah. um, which I'm very happy to do. Um so we are discussing uh the falcon and uh, winter soldier and i was how you know i was always wrestling with how do we say with season 1 uh is just a mini series i guess I, I don't know if there'll be another series um per se but um i guess these that's kind of the joy of what they're able to achieve with disney plus mm. they can do a movie they can do a mini series they could be a stand whatever they want basically yeah absolutely it's incredible isn't it so um yeah we're discussing um Falcon and Winter Soldier, it con- reached its conclusion uh, a week, uh, like uh, nine, ten days ago, I guess we're talking after mm-hmm. the, the, the show ended. Um, there's, oh gosh, there's a hundred things I'm kind of really keen to kind of pick your brains about. I should also say, I beg your pardon, uh, spoilers galore. So we are, uh, you know, delving into every conceivable aspect of of the show and the, everything that happened uh, emphasizing happened so um mm-hmm. yeah so if you haven't seen it then um uh we're, we're going to talk about pause
1: right now Balls. binge it oh. and then come back
0: <laughs> and then come back make sure you come back uh so i, I think i'm gonna start with probably a really bizarre question uh, as but for some reason i'm just really intrigued um how are you finding the serialized nature of these shows because you know obviously we're used to so much as stuff being binged, you know, uh, Netflix or whoever mm. will put the whole thing up for some reason. I don't know why, but I completely embraced it for Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I completely enjoyed looking forward to Friday every single mm. week. And I'm not entirely sure why. Are you finding that process tedious or are you quite happy to have that kind of water cooler moment again?
1: Do you, so you said that you you enjoyed it with Falcon and Soldier. How about Wonder Vision? Were you? happy I, with I don't it? know. I I think. Okay. I,
0: I kept wanting everything there. I, you know, yeah. and that's not a comment. I, like, I didn't enjoy. I loved Wonder Vision, but for some reason I was like, oh, oh this is tedious. I just put it. I just put the whole thing, and they <laughs> I were just good about to watch it all. I know, yeah, but they were good about one and two for Wonder Vision because they those were like the full sitcom. Mm -hmm. so they were like 20-ish minutes weren't they so they were great Mm -hmm. they were considerate to put one and two together so -hmm. you didn't have to wait you know for the other 20 minutes and just think what is happening you know so Mm -hmm. i think they put one and two together at the same time but i don't know if falcon maybe was just a meteor show but i was just Mm -hmm. i was quite satisfied at the end of each episode and quite happy to kind of wait i was enjoying the the wait part of it for some reason
1: yeah i mean it kind of goes back to kind of the old format of you know weekly serialized TV doesn't it and i think it's it's weird like obviously old school you know show drop you go into going to school going to work talk about the episode <clears throat> you know come up with your theories and like that would be the banter for the next 7 days until the next episode drops um and then we kind of went away from that when you know netflix started dropping a whole series of things one yeah. time and people have binge stuff and you know then you consume everything over a weekend and you know and then it's kind of gone back the other way and, and i guess i mean let's not get it twisted i i highly doubt the reasoning behind it is because they're trying to keep everyone to you know suspend um a bit of suspense or you know they're trying to reintroduce the water cooler moments. it's purely to keep subscriptions at a, at a sustainable level right it's (laughs) it's so people don't you know purchase disney plus binge the thing and then cancel for two months while they're waiting for the next mcu series to come out so you know we know exactly why they're doing it it's working because you know they they're still i think their viewership i think last time i spoke to dennis he was saying that their viewership is still growing um from, uh, I think they're still releasing in certain regions as well. So,
0: wow, it's still, um, from, they're still not all out yet. I
1: think so. Yeah. I think that's what Dennis said. Um, I didn't actually check in to see if that was still the case, but you know, so their, their viewership is, you know, still pretty rock solid. I think, um, I read somewhere it was, uh, just tiny. Yeah. So Falcon and Soldier... 495 million minutes for Falcon Winter Soldier, viewing minutes for Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So it equates to an audience of about 9.9 million accounts based on the 50-minute running time of the premiere episode. Wow. So, you know, I mean, it, I, I'm not sure what um, Disney Plus subscription numbers are, but that, I believe they're well ahead of where Netflix was. Netflix was at the same stage of their... Um, their life. So, you know, Disney Plus are doing well. Um, and by releasing serialized shows, you know, it keeps people, you know, hanging on. Um, me personally, I'm enjoying it. You know, it, again, it's, I, I'm enjoying the, you know, the pacing of it, you know, the anticipation of waiting for a next episode to drop, you know, the excitement. Oh, Fridays here, and especially, you know, you're working at home, you're stuck at home, you know, you've got something to, and every day kind of feels like the same. So if you're into this kind of stuff, it's uh, it's nice to have that. Oh yeah, Fridays come. We've got an episode. You know, line That's of duties yeah. on on Sunday to uh, on today. In fact, you know, and it's it just it's this is my you know for me this is my ante- anticipated TV viewing of the week. Every Friday, a new episode of whatever it is drops. And I think we've got a few weeks till Loki drops. I'm not sure when that drops actually. Um but yeah, it's um, yeah, I I'm really enjoying it, and and I think it's also, I'm enjoying having that kind of chance to breathe between episodes and kind of think about, think about things and discuss things yeah. with people without having that. Oh, I've got to binge everything, and oh, have you watched all of this yet? Oh, I'm only on episode two, and oh no, no and, you know, it all feels a little, a little bit rushed. Whereas with this, it's like, you know, you watch an episode, give it a couple of days. Everyone's kind of watched it that you know you would speak to about. Um, these sorts of shows, and yeah, it's uh, I'm liking
0: it. Yeah, I uh, me me too. I yeah, I, we kind of these we, were and I benchmarked that Friday for, for you know for for what it tends to work that way. We, I think it worked with uh, Mandalorian and it worked with uh, Wonder Vision, but I, I don't know mm. for some reason for the Falcon, it, I actually embraced the idea of that kind of serialization. So yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it for some reason. Um, going into the show, we, we have discussed, um, I suppose this show and two other podcasts at the tail end of the One Division episode, we kind of discussed our thoughts going into it before any episodes had actually aired. And then on the Buddy Cop episode, uh, yourself, Dan, and Dennis kind of talked about, I think we were two, maybe three episodes. Uh, into. Uh, yeah, I think about three episodes. in. Yeah. yeah, so there, were, there was, again, a preliminary discussion there. So apologies if, I know this next question is going to kind of cover ground, but I kind of I thought it was good to keep this episode somewhat kind of completist as such. But mm-hmm. again, what were your thoughts kind of going into the show, you know, in terms of they had announced... Um, Bucky and Falcon sort of headlining mm-hmm. their own six episodes kind of series. Uh, did that, uh, you know, I, I guess we Marvel have certainly earned our, our trust in that we mm-hmm. were obviously going to watch it with a level of enthusiasm and, you know, trust that mm-hmm. we were more than likely yeah. in fact, is going to enjoy it. But were you keen to see what happened to these characters next? Was it a case of, yeah, go ahead, I'm, I'm neutral about it or...
1: Yeah, I know, think... What? I think for me, like I've I've not read. um, I think oftentimes my excitement of seeing a character or a storyline or a movie in the MCU is often gauged on how much of the how much of their comic, how much of their respective comic or whatever I've I've read previously. So, you know, X Men stuff I'm always excited about because that was my first love when it comes to comics. Um, you know, I've read, uh, Iron Man as well. So I'm always excited about that sort of stuff. Um, Captain America, not so much. Um, so therefore, you know, by association, Falcon and Winter Soldier, definitely not, uh, not at all really. So, so, you know, went into it with, um, anticipation that it would be good because it's, you know, it's Marvel and they've you know they've de- they've delivered time and time again. Um but not but also expecting it to not be as good uh not I was just, sorry, I was expecting to not enjoy it as much as I enjoyed WandaVision Right. Um because WandaVision kinda caught me not well yeah kinda caught me by surprise but it was <laughs> you know it was a really well told story, really clever <clears throat> um some interesting twists, some great little nods. So yeah, Wonder Vision kind of uh really hit the spot and I thought that's a tough act to follow. Um and I think you know, it's I think it started off a little bit slow. Um I mean there was some stuff early on in the series that I really enjoyed, um, you know, kind of seeing a bit more into Sam's background and that sort of thing. Um, and also, just learning a bit more about Bucky and what what's going on with him as well. So, yeah. I think it kind of handled lots of those elements well. But yeah, I think kind of going into it, I was, I'd say tepid to warm about it in terms yeah. of in terms of anticipation.
0: I was, I was, I don't know. I, I was very excited. I think I was really keen. I thought the kind of moment uh, in Endgame when. Sam is presented with the shield I think I mentioned in the Mm. WandaVision episode that as a moment I think I audibly gasped at that moment (laughs) and sort of the, the the you know what a momentous thing that that was um and but I suppose it's now about changing my perception of uh, what you see from film and tv because i i took the notion and i accept that that's wrong um particularly in light of the revelation that there's now building to a captain america movie now a fourth one um mm. my perception of the show was that it was a demotion for the character do you know what i mean i i thought well chris evans doing? is uh i just sort of I, I i again it's sort of that perception of tv and film um, isn't it you know, the the motion
1: for the captain America character
0: basically. Yeah. It was like, why would you do a show? Why not? Why isn't this captain America four, but looking at what they did and the fact that it is now going into the, a fourth movie with, uh, Mm. uh, I assume Bucky will be a huge part of that, but obviously as Sam, as captain America, I can completely see that it's about that perception has to change or, you know, which is my perception. That's it wasn't by any means. It was, it's, Disney Plus have this playground, uh, sorry, Marvel yeah. have this playground that they can tell these long-winded stories that a film length would constrict you. Yeah. So it's and that's really the, exciting, isn't it?
1: That's really interesting, actually. Like, you're right. I think classically, you know, especially when you look at how they handled, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, right. And, you know, it kind of, that always felt like a kind of B, or in fact, any of the uh, Marvel TV shows really kinda of always feel like a a B or a C list kind level kind of um handling of the characters or the or the types of characters that you see in those in those T V shows. They're you know, they're not the, the the top tier kind of characters. Right, exactly. Um but I think, you know, you're right, the landscape has changed now with you know with the production values and the and the quality um and you know, the, the actors that are coming across to to be in these series. You know, the you know, a lot of it is um, you know, a lot of the the big names or central characters that are in, you know, the Avengers movies. And I think I think as we go forward into more movies and then into more series, I think those lines will become extremely blurred. Yeah. Um and it won't it we'll t- hopefully get to a point where, you know, the two things are interchangeable. I assume as they start signing actors um, onto contracts, you know, including those contracts will be for them to have a TV series or to be on any MCU property, TV, mm. TV, well, I say TV, TV or, um, or movie. So yeah, I think those, I think those lines are definitely coming blurred. And it's a good thing too, because, you know, it just yeah. makes storytelling for them so much easier. If they want to delve into the background or flesh out a character a bit more like, you know, like a Falcon or a Bucky characters that were kind of, you know, side characters, uh, for want of a better word in the main films, you've given them this platform and now they're ready for, you know, to take center stage on, on, um, on a yeah. cinematic movie. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, in theory, obviously it wasn't specifically one hour per episode, but if we assume, you know, if we round up, say, as an hour per episode, you're looking at a six hour production value wise, that's a six hour movie, but you couldn't have had mm. a six hour movie uh, unless you yeah. get a Zack Snyder cut or something like that. But, <laughs> God, you know, you have uh, <laughs> that you would have had to condense a heck of a lot to make that one coherent movie you know and you absolutely could have you absolutely could have but i i I thought the show was of such a standard and of such a value that Mm -hmm. it it would have hurt the ultimate product if you had this option available so 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 yeah hats off and it is again changing that kind of perception of film and tv and you know they've they've been very clear with these disney plus shows that this is going to that the shows are of equal importance particularly in terms of that linear storytelling you know with Mm -hmm. doctor strange 2 you technically, from what I understand, you'll have to have seen WandaVision to understand the events that happened there. And if the Captain She's America 4... She's a big 4, part of it, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And a Captain America 4, you will need to have seen this show to understand everything that, that's going to happen. Because if you just go from, you know, end game, you know, to that, then you're like, whoa, yeah. that's a whole other outfit. That's a whole other thing, you know? So, And I guess, it, it, I guess that really does... Important.
1: That does beg the question, is it too much? And I, I think we actually discussed this on a, yeah, yeah. on a previous podcast as well. Like, you know, not everyone's gonna be watching these series. Um, not everyone's got Disney Plus, but yeah. you know, a lot of people will go, oh, I'll take the kids to go and see well, we've been to go and see Avengers films before and oh, I was not the new Captain America film out, I'll just go and see that. Won't have watched um yeah. You know, the TV series, and then I'll rock up and be like, um, Why is Captain America black now? What, what, what happened? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, yeah, uh, you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't, I think, yeah. you know, like DC are kind of doing whatever it is, DC do. Um, and you can kind of, and all their films are kind of standalone to a certain extent. You can kind of go and watch one and not worry about seeing anything else. And there's, you know, vague kind of references to other characters and other, uh, bits and bobs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, most of the films, uh, all kind of stand on their own. Whereas, you know, with Marvel it's getting more and more interwoven with everything else. So, you yeah. know, if you've, if you've not been on board for, a uh, fair amount of time and invested a fair amount of time. You're kind of screwed if you rock up to Dr. Strange 2 or Captain America 4 in a couple of years yeah. time. Um, but at the same time, for those that are invested, it's hugely rewarding because you get this um, intricate universe and everything matters. Um, yeah. Nothing is thrown away. You know, all the TV shows matter, you know, all the little, Bits and bobs, different films and that, they all matter uh, in the
0: context of each other. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah, Yeah. uh... And I guess, you know, jumping in in the middle of all of this is going to be incredibly difficult, but ultimately it just requires Disney plus in a weird way, doesn't it? As opposed to having yeah. to source all these DVDs from all these other areas. And it you know, shows like different they planned heroes. it that way. And it's almost like we're advertising <laughs> in a weird way as well, which is even more uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like Kevin Farge, calm down. <laughs> but I, I, I guess going into that one, you know, final point, I guess for me was, you know, you're looking at two characters who, who are headlining this, this series, but these are two characters who have ultimately been sidekicks and who have ultimately sort of been defined by Steve Rogers, ultimately defined by him and their relationship to him. So the fact that he is not in this equation anymore is very, very interesting to see where it was going to go kind of going forward. And also I think I, I gotta say, and you know, I think this touches on the buddy cop notion, you know, the episode that, 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 you know, where you discuss uh, Falcon and Wind Soldier there, as well as just the buddy cop stuff in general, I expected way more comedy, you know, in terms of when you look at their dynamic uh, from Mm. Civil War, you know, can you move your seat up? Nope. (laughs) You know, and, uh, you know, when Spider-Man lays them both out, it's like, I hate you. You know, I I expected it to be more tension like that. um, And I was very happy that it wasn't. I I thought the primary source of their tension is actually about the shield and bucky's mm. anger that he's given it away and I, you know the way he he must have said it like 10 times in the show shouldn't have given away the shield why'd yeah. he give away the shield and i really enjoyed that i really enjoyed that it was like the yeah, one that, thing bucky believed in and i thought it was brilliant yeah
1: i definitely i, I agree i think they got the level of comedy i mean I, I i think marvel oftentimes or mtv films oftentimes get criticized for maybe being a little bit too bantery and a bit too mm funny ha-ha. Um, I kind of like the level of it because at the end of the day, comics are ridiculous. So, you know, if you don't poke a little fun in it every now and then and eat some of the levit- uh, have a bit of levity in it, then, you know, it kind of gets a bit droney. Mm. Um, and I've, I've always, for me anyway, I, I found the level of humor to be kind of just about right. And, you know, I think they got it right here as well. You know, yeah. there was, you know, the the banter and the chemistry between um Sam and uh, Bucky, I think, felt right. It didn't feel forced. And even down to their, the tension side of it, nothing ever felt like they were forcing anything or, yeah. you know, were trying too hard. It just kind of felt like a natural tension between the two of them. And then, you know, the little barbs and stuff like that. And even when they, you know, resolved stuff and, um, Sam gave him that talking to and, you know, they forged a, you know, a, fair, a pretty solid friendship, um, That the, all of that felt quite, um, you know, natural and uh, just seemed to work. So it was definitely a, a, a good natural chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I think they got that, that part just about right.
0: Yes, they did call back to the, can you move your seat up? line the other, they reversed uh yeah, this time as well which, nope <laughs> and I was like, that was nice <laughs> but uh yeah in general i kind of they they did seem to i don't know if they were specifically close uh necessarily because i don't know how much time those characters would have spent together in theory i you know um, mm. bucky spent more time in wakanda uh than than he had i probably imagine with sam so but mm. they, they did seem to be that sort of resignation of we're in this together, even mm-hmm. at the outset, whether they sort of like it or not. And I think it's that Steve element that binds them, whether they yeah. again are happy. That's with that it, or that's not. their connection. Yeah, And I suppose the and other it, thing was. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, and also, you know, they're, they're both soldiers; they've both seen trauma it's, and all those kind of things. And I think, you know the you know the fact that uh, Sam was a uh, a counselor, I think it was trauma yeah. counselor. And, you know, and Bucky's obviously been through serious trauma. So, you know, all of those things kind of play into each other and, um, and kind of make sense as to why there would be that level of, uh, connection between the two of them, but also that, that tension between the two of them as well, because, you know, they're, they're also quite polar opposites in terms of their personalities. Yeah. Um, you know, Sam's kind of jokey and chatty and stuff like that, and Bucky definitely isn't. So, um, but yeah
0: yeah absolutely i mean it been speaking of counseling i gotta say i loved the the therapy sessions throughout the show <laughs> like i honestly <laughs> could have done the, the, the staring contest yeah. the staring contest but also the first one with uh i thought that therapist was brilliant like i, I don't know the actress or oh
1: the, uh yes uh i'll forget her name uh i've seen her in a multitude of things actually yeah uh she's been around amy aquino Awesome. As the, as the well,
0: she she I thought she was excellent, and I I yeah. really enjoyed. it. Even like it's bizarre the way they filmed that. I think the the first it was like the prevalent thing that I left that episode with the fact that mm-hmm. the way they just filmed like intense close up on her and Bucky's mm-hmm. faces as they're kind of having their conversations. But I really enjoyed the therapy sessions, uh, sort of throughout the show. There weren't that many, um, but mm-hmm. they kind of stuck with me, and I I thought her character was was really, well, yeah, it was it was an excellent kind of. Uh, portrayal of it. And I, yeah, I really, really mm. dug, uh, that side of the show as well. Um, I suppose the, you know, uh, the title is what initially grabbed me of Falcon and Windsor soldier, because I thought obviously end game ends with him being given the shield, but it appears that Sam has a few more hoops to sort of jump through before he ultimately gets that. And obviously one of those hoops is, or hurdles is, uh, the presentation of John Walker, as uh, as Captain Crazy America cap. in this show. Yeah. Like, what a great moment, though, when they kind of announced that. I think it was at the end of episode one. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh. Like-
1: so, I actually, the, I'd, I'd, like I said, I'd, I haven't collected much, uh, very little of Captain America, but a couple of issues that I do have actually have um, the John Walker Captain America who replaced Steve Rogers right. for a period. Um, and yeah, I always found his his character fascinating. I, I think um, uh, White Russell, uh, the actor who played him, did did a fantastic job. White Russell, yeah. who also is the son of Kurt Russell, I know, yeah, um, amazing. Which yeah. I which I um, found out halfway through watching the show. He um,
0: also auditioned initially for the role so for he the role of Cap, that. Cap yeah. Yes, that, um, Chris Evans obviously. Yeah, world, but uh, yeah. I think
1: they got it the right way around. To be fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah he <laughs> was excellent i think he he got the levels of um a guy trying to do the right thing um also suffering from his own level of trauma you know ptsd from stuff that he's mm. witnessed and and seen but you know a guy trying to do the right thing but also kind of pushing so hard to do the right thing that he ends up doing the wrong thing yeah. uh, but uh, you know I, I i feel like they kind of just got that the levels of that just about right.
0: Yeah. I thought he, in many ways, uh, again, L- Liz and I watching the show, he, not so much him, but it was sort of what happens to him that we found the most fascinating kind mm. of aspect of the show. Cause you knew he'd either come to a grisly end or he'd go completely off the reservation. And, mm. um, it was, it was, well, uh, it was certainly was well, sort in a way the third option <laughs> accumulating the first two as yeah. well. But yeah. uh, like he, um, I, I kind of thought that wonderful moment of um, him being absolutely humbled uh, when he meets the Dora Milaje and, um, in that uh (laughs) apartment like what a just just a brilliant just a brilliant moment but that look of like it's over and he has been literally tied i'm out out of my league yeah absolutely and he just i think he says to his his you know his his buddy because they weren't even super soldiers like (laughs) i can't do this this isn't gonna work you know and i i thought that kind of Absolutely. There are
1: levels to this, my friend. And yes. You're not there yet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I thought, like you said, like him, he had the best of intentions, uh, kind of going in. It's it's that proverbial, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and you can mm. see him, as I say, kind of getting angrier and angrier and more frustrated that he's sort of being yeah. hindered in every kind of way. Um, I think
1: frustration is the right word. I think it's it's frustration that he wants to do the best he can, you know, be the best he can be, and do the best he can do. But no matter how good he, you know, no matter how good he is, he will never be able to compete with the type of people that he needs to compete with as yeah. Captain America. And I think it was that you're right. It's that frustration, and obviously the, there was a the tipping point of what happened to his his buddy, But yeah, um, but yeah, it was a yeah, it was a fascinating, um, fascinating thing to watch as he uh, slowly descended into madness.
0: Yes, well, that's kind of the thing, though, because it's like. That was probably, if I had to put a, you know, something that I, I like a, a negative point about it in that, like I understand I, subsequently, I didn't, you know, again, I didn't know anything specifically about the wider Captain America universe, so to speak, and the mm. fact that he becomes a US agent,
1: uh, mm. who is
0: obviously a character in his own right. Uh, I didn't know any of that until, you know, looking it up, up, up at the show's conclusion. But that was probably the weird, like, the sort of like, oh, I kind of, bit disappointed in in that he is obviously it builds and builds and builds and builds and then mm. by the end of episode five he is like you made me and he has now been you know kicked out of the role he is you know he's been ex- sort of dis-, dis you know connected from, from the yeah. government and everything like that and you and then you see him in that mid-credit scene he's creating his own kind of weapon his own shield his own and shield, you think yeah. oh he's gonna this is it he's gonna really explode and he's gonna obviously you know, potentially so fully villain. The deep end. Yeah. yeah. And then it just completely dissipated in episode mm. six where he's going after. you know, he's fighting alongside, um, deems himself. I know, but it, I felt a bit like Oh, do you know what I mean? I kind of thought, Oh, it just sort of went to nothing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, in the comics he's, he's at most, he's only ever been like an anti-hero. So, you know, he's been like, he's, he's basically Captain America, but if Captain America was happy to kill people. Um, So, you know, he's, he's always been a bit of a handy hero. He's never been a villain as far as I, I mean, someone might correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe he's ever been an out and out villain that, you know, people have had to lock up. He's, he's, you know, in his time as Cap, you know, I think he, in the comics, he, you know, got reprimanded for being a bit heavy handed with people, obviously. Um, And, you know, and then, Steve Rogers comes back and then he goes off and he becomes US agent and does covert missions for shady, I think for, yeah, some shady part of the government, which is Mm. obviously what they're alluding to in the TV series. But he was never an out-and-out villain. So I see what you mean in terms of it felt like he was going to go completely off the deep end. Yeah. Um, And I can see how that would feel jarring considering how episode five ended yeah um but i think the the you know the the reality is that you know john walker is a good man he just has flaws in Mm. terms of his judgment um so you know he's he's as he's arguably as good a man as steve rogers but just the flawed version of it if that makes Mm. any sense. I mean, he has, (laughs) but that could be questionable. The uh, the reason I I would
0: dispute that initially, I think was because his initial presentation completely, it's like it fed into that ego where he was so happy to wave and sign autographs and take pictures. And I guess the presentation of Steve Rogers is he would have found that completely uncomfortable. You know, yeah. and and
1: oh, I- well, uh, well, actually, he did as well. Because if you remember, when after all of that fanfaring stuff, he uh, or, or might be before he was talking to, I think it was Battlestar he was talking to in the changing rooms. Right. And he just he said something like, Oh, you know, I just want to do the job, right? But he resigned himself to having to do the whole Southern dance bit because that is unfortunately part and parcel of being, right. you know, the government's Captain America. Um, as opposed to Steve Rogers' Captain America. So I I think he was very much about, you know, like I say, he was very much aligned with Steve Rogers in terms of wanting to, you know, just wanting to get out there and and do the job and do it the best he can. Um, But obviously his frustration was that he kept on getting his ass kicked (laughs) by Super (laughs) Saiyan. But um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I, Probably you're right. I, I think I went a bit far saying he was uh, as good a, as uh, as, Steve, <laughs> as, uh, as Steve Rogers, but you know, I think his in terms of his moral compass, I think sure. he's he's definitely a bit more, a lot more on the side of good than he. he like I say, yeah. to my knowledge, he's never been a villain um, as such, a misguided hero.
0: It's there was cool, um yeah. I if you've seen the assembled shows that they've done, which is like that, that kind of behind the scenes documentary. Uh, mm. So they just did the Falcon and Wind Soldier one. It tends to be basically the Only week soldier, after. Actually. Yeah, there's yeah. there's one for one division as well. They're each about an hour and they're really great. Watch really... the one division one, yeah. Right, so they they, they did one for the uh, the the this show, and there was a, a great point about um, in terms of when uh walker basically kills that guy and the world is watching and they all everyone gets the phones out and he kills him with yeah. a shield and they had made the point where it's like well he's a soldier he was at war he in essence he that was what he was supposed to, what he's always been trained to do yeah you know, he did
1: nothing it, that he hadn't done in afghanistan or been celebrated anywhere else. For. yeah yeah <laughs> so, exactly yeah. difference was that it was a but it was a bad it was bad for their pr since yes. therefore that's why yeah no, definitely,
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, the, yeah, I would say the role of Captain America would obviously dictate different kind of protocol in terms of killing a guy bit. with the uh, <laughs> shield with, you know, 15, 30 people I, I did, watching.
1: I, I did love that. They, they did a great job in terms of really highlighting in several scenes, actually, that were littered through episode four and five, end of episode four. So obviously at the end of episode four, it was when he kills a guy. Um, and then at the start of episode five is when they have the fight, but throughout that, they did some really like good shots of the blood on the shield yes. and, and yes. all that kind of stuff, like the close-ups and you see the blood dripping off it. And it was that kind of symbolism was really good. And then when Sam finally gets it, and he's trying to wipe it off and it just meant like all that stuff I thought was, uh, was very, uh, very well done.
0: It was. I think that 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 I've got the the exact shot. I think uh, in my head that you are talking Mm. about when he stands up and he puts the shield on, almost with pride, still. But you see all that blood at the bottom. It was very much like um, Watchmen with the smiley face Mm. and the blood from uh, the comedian. But I, yeah, I thought that was a great shot. That was that. Yeah, yeah, great point. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, You kind of mentioned the this sort of potentially dodgy covert operation obviously headed up by the brilliant yeah. julia louis dreyfus which was a great uh, joy to see uh, kind of included in, in the cast playing the role of countess i have written this down countess valentina allegra de fontaine which... i was gonna
1: say you're never gonna get that one off the top <laughs> oh, of your head
0: <laughs> no uh, but she was brilliant she's typically brilliant in anything that she does and i mm. you know I remember the the first entrance of her, we see the footsteps walking in, zooms up, and I thought, brilliant. Like and I yeah, she nailed it, she well, was she was an she just got Yeah, <laughs>
1: I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. So that's leading into I don't know if you know about um the Thunderbolts. TV no, show. not at all. Uh, so uh, I think Thunderbolts is gonna be a series, and it's basically gonna be like uh kind of dark Avengers covert team. So basically the, th- in the comics, I think the Thunderbolts team was led by Baron Zemo okay. um, and they were under the US government I'm probably getting this really wrong um, and they were doing lots of covert missions for the US government and in that team was US agent uh, Baron Zemo uh, possibly no no, I was going to say backdrop, but I don't think he was. Oh, he got killed at the end of uh, episode six. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so Baron Zemo and, uh, US Agent were, were in Thunderbolts, and there's a Thunderbolts series coming. And what I believe that? that, yes, and I believe that, um, Julie, uh, I was going to say her contestant name, but I won't try. Um, <laughs> I believe she will be, to up so, so all of that was, again, this is another one of those things that's, you know, interweaving it into something else that's coming, uh, coming down the right, pipe. Nice. So, okay. so yeah, so that's going to be, that should be fun, um, uh, with those characters. Cause it'll be, it'll be like a kind of suicide squad type hmm. deal. Um, but much better um, <laughs> but, but uh yeah, so that's uh that I think that will probably i'm not sure when that's due to drop though probably in the next couple of years, I think wow. um, yeah, potentially maybe around the same time as cap four I'm not sure I think cap four is probably going to be three years from now, right. I guess <laughs> yeah right
0: yeah, yeah so. um. I suppose, well, you've mentioned him, Mr. Zemo himself. Uh, dancing Daniel Brühl uh, returns. Rinse <laughs> rinsed that meme so hard. So it was harsh. so good. Did you see the, um, Marvel's YouTube channel put up an hour? Uh, an hour-long. An yeah. hour-long yeah. loop of him of It him keeps dancing.
1: on coming up in my recommended things on my YouTube. It's, I can't get rid of it.
0: <laughs> you've got to watch me, it. Man. It wants you to watch it. <laughs> I read that he... Um, he apparently wasn't in the script at all. uh, And it was sort of in that moment. And he just sort of thought like Daniel Brawl, obviously uh, kind of considered, you know, his role at that point. And he said, everything he does is sort of to intentionally frustrate uh, uh, Sam and Bucky. And he thought, what would annoy them more than to see, Zemo having, having a, a good, good time. time, you know, in this moment. So that's why he did it. And he said he did it thinking, Fair. well, no one's <laughs> going to use this. Um, but they actually put it in and it became uh, the star of the entire this show. Internet sensation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Him coming back for the show was um, really cool. I was very happy when I heard that they, you know, that when mm. they had announced that he was coming back, I thought, you know, I got to say, I, I think he's a really underappreciated kind of mcu villain i i don't i mean not daniel brawl like in terms of i don't think he was Zemo. What, yeah and i mean mm. obviously not comic book zemo i'm talking about civil war zemo but um mm. i know that he, he did you know a lot of people weren't you know said not the best things about the character and stuff like that but mm. i actually you know I, I'm, I'm amongst the continual conversation of mcu not having a great selection of villains which i, I personally would dispute a little bit but i gotta mm. give zemo credit because zemo as well as obviously Thanos and infinity war Zemo actually wins. Zemo is like the only other villain in the MCU movie to win. His goal is to (laughs) split the Avengers up and he absolutely does conclusively. And, um, and I, I, I thought he played him great. I thought his whole arc is a complete mystery up until his confession scene to, uh, Mm. Um, to Black Panther to T'Challa to at the at the end of the movie, and you can empathize with his motivations. And I got and I know a lot of his plan is beyond circumstantial, and uh, he could have just simply emailed Tony Stark in the, <laughs> the video. And, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, but I also
1: and- do you you do realize that Zemo is essentially uh, Marvel's version of like a dark version of Batman because he's oh. a rich dude. <laughs> Got, he's got a butler, <laughs> yes. his parents uh, were killed, he's, oh, he's, he's, the, he's, he's uh, MCU Batman. He really Dark is.
0: Yeah. And he's got the <clears throat> alternate ego, the mask and everything. Yeah. Well, See? there you go. And then if yeah. Batman's a hero, so why can't Zemo? Exactly, <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah. What did you think of the kind of the update of that character in terms of him being like a gazillionaire with uh, you know his hand in everything and a well-connected villain? Were you, were you kind of yeah? I, of I don't shit?
1: really know. I don't really know him too much from the comics, but mm. um, yeah, I. Uh, um, I think I, I think he's a he's a great actor, and I think um, it, all his scenes in the TV series were, were good. <laughs> um, the whole I'm still a billionaire And I still have yeah. funds Even though I've been locked up in <laughs> Iron Heights for however long Or wherever it was uh, That felt a little bit Like It's just throwing this Yeah Ex sex machina type thing um, Yeah So I, I mean You know Whatever <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like I say, I enjoyed him being part of it. Uh, it had some good interaction with Bucky and and uh, and Sam, um, and he was a plot device to yeah. get things to where they needed to be, much like the flag smashers. Right. They they were very much a. I may be skipping onto something you're about to bring up. No, no, but, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of the the main villains in um, in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. The show, uh, the flag smashers <clears throat> were probably the weakest. <clears throat> excuse me, that they've had in any of the f- MCU features so far. Possibly, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think they could have probably. I don't know. I mean, Erin <clears throat> Kellyman, who's the the main girl who. Played the main flag smasher, I guess. Um, I think she, she, you know, she's a good actress. Um I don't know that. I don't know. Maybe it was the writing or something, but it, they that character didn't feel as <clears throat> weighty to me as a as a as a villain, and I don't know what it was. Something just didn't really resonate with me. And there's a, there's a fan theory going, doing the rounds that there was actually, um, a quite substantial rewrite of the main plot of the film. Um, and that the original plot was supposed to be around a, um, <clears throat> a bio, um, a biohazard or a bioweapon, um, storyline, which had caused like a pandemic or something like that. And then, obviously with everything that's going on, Disney went, mm, that's probably not the right time right. to do <laughs> okay. a uh, pandemic theme. And there was a lot of, there was a huge rewrite to the story, which is why some of the plot points feel a bit like there's something around um, um, the Flag Smasher, uh, Erin Kellyman's character. She there's a scene where she has a funeral for, uh, um, <clears throat> this lady, this woman that who was like a mother figure to her and all of it, who died of tuberculosis, apparently. Mm-hmm. Apparently that was supposed to be a key part of this, um, this whole uh, pandemic or whatever it was plot. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Maybe that's why the, the flag smasher storyline felt a bit weak. Um, yeah, so uh, to me, the Flat Smashers felt more like, again, like a plot device to help Bucky and Sam to get from where they were to where they needed to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And a kind of a similar thing with um, Emily, Emily Van Camp's character as well, right. the uh, Power Broker character. Again, I almost feel like they could have used an extra episode to do a little bit more of a background on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her motivations and what she went through to get to where she was. Cause it kind of, again, that was another one that felt a little bit, uh, a little bit soft for me. So, yeah, I think villain wise, I don't think they did the best job in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but right. I think it was carried substantially by Sam's journey and, you know, the whole thing with Isaiah Bradley and all that kind of stuff that, right. that, that, you know, that, that hit, hit, me personally hit me it different, and um, I, I had a lot of good feedback from um, people on my social media and stuff like that. When I I did a shower and said uh, episode five, I think it was, and uh, loads of people were like, yeah, that was amazing. It was really really cool, um, you know. And I can I can see where some people may have thought that I don't know. I'll let, you, I'll let you go back to to your questions. So well no that's a,
0: it's, a, it's a perfect uh segue because this was um I suppose the there there was so okay obviously Isaiah Bradley there's the, the you know the perfect link to this this part of the conversation because I remember Dennis said uh I think it's probably the Wonder Vision episode we um you know we talked about uh, how however we got onto this part I think it was uh mm. he mentioned his shock at the fact say luke cage for example the fact that he was mm. watching a marvel show and I, I completely agree i felt the same thing when i heard it but the fact that they were dropping uh, n-words uh, mm. in the show and he was like i couldn't believe it, i couldn't believe it and I, I completely agree he was absolutely right and i think that same level of just utter shock was um mm. basically uh, was uh the introduction of race uh in mm. being brought into into the show and I genuinely applaud them for it. And, but there are there's like two lines uh, that have been said in, in the show um, that I don't know. They just absolutely rocked me. And obviously we're talking about, uh, you know, we're in 2021, 2020 being the, you know, the year that everybody obviously wants to, you know, wish never happened, but um, you know, events in the States uh, beyond the pandemic, we're talking about the the death of George Mm. Floyd, um uh uh, being you know uh, one in a long line of of um uh uh, murders at the hands of uh police and uh the 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 conversation of race in america continues uh to to this day and the fact that you intertwine that with um a, a black man being given the role of captain america and it that happened in a very organic way but to not bring race into it is foolish And Mm. the fact that, you know, when Isaiah Bradley says to Sam, you know, um, they will never allow uh, a a black man to be Captain America and no self-respecting black man would want to do it. I mean, (laughs) I remember, again, to echo something Dennis said, because I remember the WandaVision thing where I said... um, uh, the, the title of the show, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I said, it's interesting that it's not Captain America and Winter Soldier because, he, you know, he's been given the shield. And Dennis said, well, you don't know that they're going to do that. They might not be brave enough as show creators to do that, bearing in imagine. mind what the reaction would potentially be. And mm. they actually, you know, that's literally what the character says. And then mm. obviously, so I'm rambling a lot, but uh, Sam's no, no, no. Um, Sam's at the final episode when he says and it god it i, I won't I'll bloody lie i mean i got moved to you know a weld up a little bit when he said i know every time i pick this shield up there will be there will be millions of people that will hate me for it and i i, I won't lie man absolutely and i and those lines and you know for what Isaiah Bradley said i believe the episode before and what sam said in that moment i just honestly i i mean there's you don't need to is there's no resolution the show can provide but no. the fact you were acknowledging this just i i, I can't even finish the yeah. sentence it was incredibly I, moving
1: i um so they they were they were very um clever i guess in the way that they did this because they they did a lot of little nods to towards broaching this topic quite early on. um, I mean, obviously from the very first episode, you find out that scam, the scam, Sam gave up uh, the shield, gave it back to the government and said, you know, I I don't want to do it. I want to carry on being Falcon and uh, doing other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I, when I saw that, obviously I knew he didn't, he didn't go straight into being Captain America when he did that and didn't give a reason as to why he didn't want to take up the mantle. Um, I my immediate thought was, well, as a black man, why are you gonna to want to be Captain America? That's, that's crazy. Right. Um and um and I really hoped at that point, I was like, I really hope that they don't just kind of skirt part this, past this and just make it like uh um, yeah. I don't wanna be cat because it's too big of responsibility and da da. da, da, da. Um and then when they had the scene with the cops when he's talking to Bucky and the cops roll up yeah. and they start asking the questions. and they get a bit funny um, and, the, and actually even before that when you know the family goes to the bank and they ask for money and all that kind of stuff and I that, so those little nods I was thinking they ain't really gonna you know go down the race like mm-hmm. path because that doesn't feel very Disney yeah. um, um, but credit to him when i when they when they did the isaiah bradley scene i was like yeah i i got mad respect for that that was that was cool um i i respect him for you know going down that road they didn't have to they could have you know skirted around it they could have just done you know kept it light and breezy um and you know, and I'm sure there are people out there that are gonna go, oh you know, they could have they could have done more, they could have said more, they could have yeah. you know, you know and uh, you know, you're not gonna make everyone happy. But for me personally, I think they got the balance of it just about right. They didn't, you know, sidestep it completely. Um they acknowledged, you know, the bullshit that Isaiah Bradley's characters went through and the that same bullshit that many black American soldiers would have gone through at that time. Uh, in terms of you know, uh, you know, being derided and all the all the yeah. bullshit that that um, you know black people have been going through in America for years, and are still going through. Um, and then Sam's speech in episode six, I thought was was very cool. Um, I know again, some people found it a little bit schmaltzy and a little yeah, bit yeah. corny in, in some parts, but. The guy's Captain America, man. He's a bit corny, anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's going to be that. And and you're right, you know. And and that line that he, you know he said, where he said about picking up the shield, and you know, I know people are going to hate me for it, and all that kind of like that. That was that was a that was a you know that was very 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 cool. Um, I appreciated them for for doing that, and I'm sure you know Anthony Mackie, you know, would have been keen for for them to you know. To get that right and then you know they've they've. I think they've done a good job in terms of address the, addressing that, that topic not skirting around it um, and I hope they do it in future films as well I hope this isn't a one and done I hope this isn't a uh, you, you know there's the cynical part of me also makes me go it feels like a safe space to do that kind of messaging now right. because it's the hot topic and everyone's talking about it and you know, it's uh, not to sound harsh, but it's in inverted commas cool to talk about social, uh, you know, uh, racial issues or you know all that kind of stuff at the moment. It's you know, it's 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 the hot topic. So that's the cynical side of me saying that. I hope that it isn't a one and done. I hope down the road, you know, if there's other things that um, they need to broach, whether it's, you know, having, um, you know, more gay characters, uh, as heroes or more, you know, transgender characters as heroes, all that, you know, ha- having that wider breadth of more diversity across the board as much as they can. I know they've been doing it in the comics more and more. Um, you know, Stan, Stanley, I think was a bit of a trendset when it comes, when it comes to that sort of thing. Um, so hopefully they'll they'll continue down that road and um, continue to uh, you know not skirt around relevant issues um, yeah. and you know stuff like that will help you know open up people's eyes and bring people to to the films and you know more people you see looking like you on a on a big screen and uh, and that sort of thing the more it makes you want to. Invest in those characters and you know hopefully inspire a few people, so yeah. so yeah no I, I I think they did a damn fine job with that for me
0: yeah i I'm yeah, absolutely uh, well said uh, beautifully said um it would have been interesting i guess if if again twenty twenty kind of being what it was i'm I'd be interesting to know how much of that inspired it I mean was there ever a version of of this where he just accepts it, and everyone's great with it do you know what I mean? Mm. Or if there was ever going to be that, that conversation introduced into the, uh, yeah.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't know how it went down in the comics. So, you know, the groundwork may have been there in the comics already and right. they just kind of followed, point, yeah. they followed that same path. But, um, uh, yeah, I, you know, for, for what they did in the TV show, thumbs up for me.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Wonderfully put. Um, uh, I, I guess that's, yeah. So, I mean that, that very well may be the kind of the, the concluding point uh on our on our review of the kind of the show i mean i yeah. uh for me for myself i i loved it i i thought it was a fantastic fantastic show i i really um I, you're right i the the flag smashes were potentially my uh least the thing i was invested in least but hmm. by no means no, no, like it wasn't like an eye roll or anything like that yeah. but you know there' it's, it's just a bit soft sure I think. It just yeah. was,
1: didn't have yeah, much substance to to the character or to their their plight, I guess you know it, it it's really it's, has. It, it's set up. You know another Cap movie, another Cap TV series. You know the Power Broker character is now embedded in the heavily uh, embedded in the government in the government heavily. Yeah. You know the Thunderbolt stuff as well. Mm. Potentially a new Falcon character. Then if you picked up on that one,
0: oh no, what was that?
1: Because remember when. um after Falcon gets his wings ripped off,
0: oh uh, gosh! And then he gives,
1: the, and then um, he goes to leave. when he's talking to his buddy um, uh, Torres, uh, his soldier yes. buddy. He was uh, uh, Danny start. Ramirez, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He um, Sam walks off, and then Dan, uh, uh, Torres turns around and goes, "Oh, uh, oh, you forgot your wings!" And he's like, "Oh, keep them. You do something with them." And he leaves. Right. And then in the comics, that character uh, Torres becomes. Oh, wow. And like a new Falcon. So potentially a new Falcon set up. Gosh, wow. um, yeah. So there's a lot of things um, that they set up for future, which is why, again, you know, uh, not <laughs> not to rag on the flag pressures flag too much, but again, you know, that's why they, to, again, to me, they felt very much like a, a kind of just a plot device to get things moving in the direction that they wanted it to, as opposed to being like a, uh, a significant big bad that you were worried about um you were worried was going to do something significant so but mm. yeah
0: yeah the other part of the show that i actually i've really come to love with what they're doing with these shows as was evidenced by wandavision is this kind of bringing back of characters uh as well i thought wandavision had some great picks uh with the fbi agent with uh, darcy mm. And, obviously, this one with, um, obviously, Zemo, obviously, Sharon Carter, and uh, the Dora Millage was a, whoa, such a great uh, yeah. in- inclusion in the show. And it made absolute sense, you know, in terms of they want Zemo, you know, and that was yeah. uh, a brilliant and again, moment.
1: And, again, it's another one of those ones that it rewards you for yeah. your commitment to watching these films over the years. Because if if this was the first thing that you... Rocked up and so I mean, first of all, you'd be completely lost just yeah. <laughs> if you ever watch. You'd have no idea what was going on. But you know, the the callback to the fact that you know Zemo's running around and what was the biggest thing that he did? He yeah. killed, you know, the king, the king of, of Wakanda. So, yeah. of course, they'll be pissed, and of course, they'll come after him. So, yeah, no, they, they, I mean, their storytelling and interweaving of this whole universe, I it's it's operating on a level that I i it staggers me sometimes even i've been collecting comics for years and i'm used to crossover stories and i'm used to you know interweaving stories and uh, but to be operating on the level that they're doing now with the tv shows and the movies and all of that stuff it's uh yeah it's 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 a, something to it's a thing
0: it's, yeah uh, but it's, it's the fact that thing. they 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 bring like ao like She was from Civil mm. War. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like a random character, yeah. that, that, that someone they've just cast in the role. It was, you know, she's been in Infinity War. No, big one. Like, well, yeah, it, she has in Infinity it War. Also, it um, also makes
1: sense because she was the one that was protecting the king when he came over yes, just before he got exactly. killed in the bomb. So, of course, she would be the one to then go hunting for Zemo and not just yeah. some other random bird. So, yeah, attention yeah. to detail.
0: It was. And it was a great moment when, you know, where, you know, Bucky takes that walk and you're like, oh, what, you know, what's it, where's this going? And then he goes, I've been waiting for you. Turns and it was like, oh, shoot, it's brilliant. such a great moment. It's about to go down. Yeah. And we talked about that moment, the big battle in in Zemo's apartment and, you know, that Mm. absolute humbling of Walker. um, Just, it was just perfect. It's brilliantly done. Um, Things to look forward to. Loki on June 11th. Yes, that was going to be my Something concluding shocking. point. I mean, yeah. do you know? I mean, obviously, we've only just, I think there's one or two traders that they've put out. And I got to say, I mean, <laughs> Division, Falcon Soldier, Falcon and Wind Soldier, and Loki, these are three vastly different shows. And they're all under think the same it, umbrella. It's amazing.
1: It, it kind of feels like you're going from weird yeah. to regular. <laughs> Back to weird again, because this yeah. is going to be like really timey-wimey, you know, the parallel dimension type stuff and all sorts of like multi- uh, multiverse stuff, essentially, yeah. this is going to be covering. So, yeah, it's going to be weird again. So, and I think it kind of makes sense. I don't know, in my head, it kind of feels like, you know, you have your weird, you have something regular, have something weird again. I don't know what the next one's going to be after Loki. I think Hawkeye
0: uh, is coming, but I and there's no trailers or anything that I've seen, Um so yeah. I don't know. I think it's near the end of the year, uh,
1: but... it, or it might be because uh, I've got the What If cartoon, oh, which is yeah. supposed to be coming at some I'm point. To that. Which I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, it's, uh yeah. I think that's probably going to be next, or oh, cool. quite close to being next. But yeah. So yeah.
0: The cool thing about the Loki show is sort of the version of Loki that we have as our protagonist, because this is obviously after the first Avengers Mm. movie. So this is him at the height of his insanity, the height of his evilness, the height of his hatred for his brother. This isn't the redeemed (laughs) version from, say, at the end of Ragnarok or the beginning of Infinity War. So we're looking at someone who is completely unhinged, completely bent on conquering earth and killing his brother and his father. And, you know, so that's our hero <laughs> for this show. Yep. So it's like, yeah, okay, let's, let's see where, gonna, where this goes. So yeah. He's gone rogue. He's, yeah. He's going, yeah. It's going to be such a, I'm curious now if they're going to be able to pull other characters from past shows, like the way that we just mentioned for the other two, I have no idea if that's going to be possible. Well, I guess
1: this, this would be absolutely right for it because you think he, if he's going to be traveling to different, you know, to, uh, through the multiverse and different, different versions, mm. you could literally just get anyone and just yeah. put them in a different costume <laughs> <laughs> or conversely, you could just have a different version of that. So you could have like lady Thor, lady Iron Man, you know, they, they yeah. can mix it up any, any oh, way gosh, they want yeah. to. So they can have, you know, they can have, you know, she Hulk, you can have, yeah, they could, uh, that's the beauty of this. So that, yeah. I think that's the thing that's got me most excited. is like, how crazy is it going to get?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we've proved many things. Obviously, that it was a great show. We've proved that we don't need anyone to eat. It's just you and me going forward now. No, we rock at the one. two man booth, yes. right? I don't know
1: about that one. So cool. To, I think we need to get six man booth next. Time. <laughs> 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 Let's get everyone in. Um, uh, but no, it's it's been it's been fun. It's been awesome, it's been fun. Um, I hope uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode. And uh, again, Dan, wish you well, mate. Big love to you uh and dennis i'm glad he's not here to abuse me for a change so <laughs> that was a, that was a big plus <laughs> uh
0: thank you uh gang for uh, checking the episode out as he just said uh please check us out uh on episodes we release on the first and third mondays of the month forever in you're very welcome uh to get in contact at any point and say hi and let us know uh how great we are or how Awful yet yeah. <laughs> instead but i uh, would love to hear from you nonetheless uh till next time friends all the best bye-bye adios when
1: captain america throws his mighty shield all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield